0: Dynamic blessings. Welcome to another episode of How You Can Do, with your host, your boy, Alvi Daniel Thompson Jr., a.k.a. Mr. You Can Too. So excited for you all to be tapping in to this episode. I am joined by an amazing man, Mr. Carl Weston himself. I've had the pleasure of knowing Carl for a little over a year now, but I feel like he's been a soul brother for decades. He is A holistic health coach he's part of the Czech faculty and he's had such a profound impact on my life so far and I'm just so grateful we've been able to develop the brotherhood that we have in this episode we take a deep dive into the importance of having a dream and letting that be the North Star in your life we talk about a lot of the learnings that we've had during the pandemic and ultimately How important it is for each and every one of us to be taking care of our own well-being and doing our best to build awareness around what are the things being told to us, being taught to us, and ultimately how we can go about being the major teacher and student in our own life. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your family, friends, and loved ones. It would mean the absolute world to me if you leave a five-star rating and a review of the show. I honor you, I appreciate you, and as always, you can too. Enjoy the show. Dynamic blessings, ladies and gentlemen. Y'all are in for a special, special treat today. I am joined by an amazing, amazing man, holistic health coach, Czech faculty, master check practitioner, practitioner, and more than that, just a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal human being. I first met this man a little over a year ago when I was doing Integrative Movement Science One as part of my Czech training, and I had the fortunate opportunity to work with him again this past year, and I'm joined by none other than the man himself, Carl Weston. Carl, how are you feeling, brother?
1: I'm good, my man. Thanks for having me on, and it's a pleasure. I love I love you, my man. It's, yeah, like I think I said to you when I first met you, if we were closer, you'd be in my uh, My close circles, you've got an energy and a vibration that is, it's rare, my friend.
0: So, Uh, I appreciate that so much, man. It means the world to me. And, you know, I think it's really interesting how, you know, you and I, we talk about the dream and how important it is to chase your dream. And, you know, part of my dream, when I think about it in a, in a, the largest span and the biggest macrocosm, it's like, I want to help millions of people be the healthiest version of themselves and do the same for myself and it's so interesting that in that journey it's what allowed me to find the Czech institute and become friends with you right and yeah if we if we live closer together carl's out in in canada right now what part of canada are you in exactly
1: so we are i am and my family are in ontario and for those in the u.s we're just above most most of the u.s pretty much know where ontario is it's where toronto mm-hmm. is um I used to be in Toronto, but now obviously we'll get into that. I moved out of Toronto and I'm probably closer to Buffalo now than I am Toronto. I'm in between from a geographical land I'm, we sit right in between Lake Ontario and Lake Erie. We've got the two big lakes, North and South of us.
0: That's amazing. That's amazing. It's a beautiful place to be. And I want to go into your story in terms of how you ended up there, because people that follow me and whether it's my friends, my family, they all know how much emphasis I put on having a big dream, having something in life that energizes you so much that it pulls you into making the proper decisions to get you exactly where it is that you want to go. And I know when you're moving and in your transition to Ontario, this very much fits into your dream so I would love to for you to share with the audience what your dream is and how you're living it right now
1: oh man I'll condense it as good as good as I can for you Um <laughs> you know my dream started way back my my big dream let go my North Star dream started from my very first check class which was I was living in Bermuda at the time flew into Toronto Take a class, and I've gone through university and done. De- I got a degree in like sports science, and I did a, a, a follow on from that in like biomechanics. Um, and I had a, a big passion and love for the industry, but I was got taken to Bermuda for a job opportunity, which was amazing, and met my previous wife, which is what kind of ultimately brought me to Canada. But we're no longer together. Um, but I remember sitting in my first check class and, you know, the beginning of the check class is who you are, what do you, what do you want to get from? And I literally stood up straight away and was like, I want to do what you do. I want to be at the front teaching people because like you, I want to impact as many people as I can possible. And that's that's probably going back like 16 years, maybe even yeah. longer when I first did that. And no real thought to that, but I, 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 I fell in love with the institute and what Paul's teachings were you know, fast track probably seven years later and I'm now gone through the check system. Like I'm now IMS level four, HLC level three, Mm -hmm. or it was CP four back then and moved to Canada with my ex-wife and, you know, living on a tropical, it's kind of Caribbean-y, it's not really Caribbean-y, but it's it's a small island. It's a beautiful island. It's 22 miles long and a mile wide. And, you know, we moved to Canada and we just things fell apart when we got here. Mm. Um, and, you know, faced with all the dilemmas then, but believing in the power of the universe and the greater the greater good and the, 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 the bigger path, I guess, that you would say, I didn't believe that I moved to Canada just to experience a divorce. Mm. Um, I'd invested quite a lot of money, maybe like, 15 twenty thousand into a studio um so i'm like no i'm gonna stick it out and then th- this is where the, the journey and the story starts because i started hosting all the check classes you know I, my first year here i went to one of the check classes it was the golf one but mm-hmm. it was in like a university classroom and no one could find the classroom doors were locked it was weekend and it was downtown and mm. it just wasn't great and i said to one of the instructors there, i'm like listen i've got a I got an eight thousand square foot studio. We we got two studios, massage rooms, changing rooms, kitchen. Like you need to use our space. Started hosting all the classes, got offered then, you know, going through all of that, got offered a position to become faculty. And that honestly was my big dream.
0: Mm.
1: You know, from that first class fifteen years ago to seven years ago being offered to become faculty. It's incredible. Yeah. I never thought it was real like I'm not like straight up when Jennifer said to me she's like Carl I want to talk to you like you might want to sit down she's like we want to offer you a position I was in tears I was so happy.
0: Oh my goodness amazing.
1: I still pinch myself today man like (laughs) I I think the students and you you hopefully see this like I stand up and I teach and I'm like I I try and be like what you see is what you get I'm so real and i'm still i dude i still pinch myself today and i'm like am i really faculty i'm like do i really have paul's phone number and like messaging paul <laughs> back and forth Then i have this connection to one of the most if not the most influential and smart tribe of people on the planet today absolutely and you know what, to the people listening to your family, your friends that aren't checking things like that, people are going to say, well, there's a biased approach there. And yeah, there probably is. <laughs> but I've been in the industry for over 20 years and I've done a lot of courses. I've done a lot of education and continuing in my education. And I still say this today and I still stand up in front of every single class. And I'm like, I don't say this because I'm paid to say it. I say it because I truly believe this. Absolutely, but There is no holistic training system like the Czech system. there Now, and I and you've probably heard me say this, there are really good courses out there. There are really good kinesiology courses. There are really good nutrition courses. There are really good chakra, holistic, Reiki, whatever you want to call it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Paul's got a blueprint which can't be rewritten and redone. It is fantastic. And that kind of brought me into that one dream of, the career side of things. So, like, mate, when I moved to Canada, I had a 10-year plan. Like, I wrote okay. out my one-year, three, five, and 10 years. My 10-year plan, which would be this year, would be to become faculty. Oh, look at that. And I have that still. I have it on a poster. It was like, I don't know if you remember it. No, you probably wouldn't have. But at the beginning of Czech, when Paul was changing the business, they, they partnered with a business course called NPE, Net Profit Explosion. Mm-hmm. And they had this big chart and they have you right now in your one, three, five, and 10-year goals. And my 10-year mm-hmm. goal was to become Czech faculty. Hmm. And I achieved all my goals that I had on that. I had my one, three, five, and 10-year goals. I had achieved everything within two years.
0: That's incredible. And I think something that's important to take note too, it's like for everyone listening, if you have a dream or you have a big goal, once you reach that goal, it's not like all your other goals stop or now you have no more dreams. But as you'll probably hear Carl tap into right now, it's like, the dream just gets bigger and the mm. dream just grows. And, you know, time is a, it's an interesting thing. It's We look at it as linear, but it's very nonlinear. So I love having timelines. But again, it's like I look at my own timelines and I realize like, look, a lot of this stuff might go a lot faster or it might even go a lot slower. But at the end of the day, it's really about what intention am I putting into it and am I showing up for it day in and day out? Mm. Oh, the
1: timeline, man. I'm a big Marvel fan and I love all these like alternate <laughs> timelines and things. But the timeline, like I can't, it was scary how fast that timeline happened. Now, bear in mind, going through that process was also one of the hardest times of my life as well because I was going through a divorce. I'd moved mm. to a country where I had no family, mm. no friends like straight up if you'd have asked me where toronto was i would have probably have put toronto more onto the east coast of canada like where halifax is Mm. because my contact with torontonians was in bermuda and all torontonians speak of toronto as east coast Mm. being like the surfer and the surf bum i'm like oh east coast awesome it's on the coast Which is like where, like when you refer to like East Coast, you, you'd you'd probably associate that they would be on the coast, but exactly. I was here, man, and yeah, I had these great goals and aspirations, and within within two years, I kind of achieved them. And then it was kind of like, like I said, I'm I'm seven years into that, like seven or eight years into that now, and I'm still pinching myself. Like, am I dreaming this? Like, am I still really? being given that opportunity to speak and to teach and to really like what you said. Like I have a massive goal to impact as many lives as I can. And I I watch what you do and your messaging is beautiful as well. And I get the beauty to meet people like you that I know that through my influence and through the energy that I can put out there that I can hopefully, like I say to every classic, if I can, if I can get everyone in class just to go and change the lives of 10 people. Mm. And if I've done that this year, then I've probably changed the lives of like maybe close to a thousand people. Absolutely. And that's, that's my, that's my big dream now is just to get people to wake up. Right. And, you know, to realize it and, to, to, to see that it, that you can really achieve the greatness
0: absolutely i want i want you to go a little bit deeper into that i know you said you know really recognize the greatness but how would you more deeply define waking up what are people currently sleeping on and what do they get to wake up to
1: oh good question my friend um there i think there is a lot of play today in the world that people really need to wake up on there's a lot of power plays happening Mm-hmm. there's a lot of inconsistencies that are blatantly in your face and people don't raise eyebrows to anything. Um, you know, we've, we've all been led to believe that, um, what we've all experienced and, you know, I don't want to take anything away from what we've experienced cause I've got friends that have lost people. Right, Same. You know, I've had, I lost one of my good friends had a heart attack. He was in my wedding. Mm. Um, Dude, three weeks ago, I had one of my really good friends in jujitsu I had a heart attack thirty minutes after I'd just been rolling with him. Jesus! So there's there's a great impact right now, but I just I, I ask people to just look deeper and to do the research and to follow the money and to look at what messaging really is because it is not. I, in my opinion, I don't think that the messaging that we're being given from mainstream and from governments is the, the hundred percent honest message. Right. Right. Um, I don't buy into the propaganda that we're being sold. And, you know, me and Christy made big, big choices over the last couple of years that have really alienated us, man. I've not, I hadn't seen my family in over three years Mm. because of my personal choices to not get vaccinated.
0: Right.
1: Um, but I'm thankful that I didn't now. You know, like every day in the news, I'm, I see people that are, are dying, people that are having heart attacks, yeah. people that have got autoimmune. I am like, that's not normal, right? right. And right. you know, I am not gonna, I am not gonna sit here and say that it's all because of whatever they've put in their bodies, but something's changed, and I am not smart enough to decipher what that is, but. The amount of people, I do know that stats will tell you that all case mortalities increased ten percent. Oh wow! Oh, wow. Yeah. Now that could be that the because of the impact that said virus put on people and hospitals not being able to deal with cancer screenings mm. and things like that. That there's probably a large part of that on, but people are unhealthy, man. Like. Let's look at the real stats of what we've all lived through most people that died. And I think the stats are something like over 80% closer to 94%. I think the numbers are, Mm -hmm. they all had multiple, um, multiple other things going on in their lives. Like, you know, all your comorbidities, overweight and obese, blood pressure, Mm -hmm. existing breathing problems. Um, High stress, you, you know, all these things that we're taught to control through the four doctors and the six foundational principles.
0: Right.
1: right. And, you know, we're being told that the boogie monster's out there and it's going to kill you if you've not been vaccinated. And mm-hmm. I'm like, listen, I've had said boogie probably three times now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, hey, mate, it, unless you can talk to a ghost and you're a bloody. <laughs> Unless you're a medium right now and I've figured out how to kind of send you my vibrational resonance through this conversation then I'm here and I'm talking about it right. and right. and you know like like yourself we're on a we're in a, a world where we do know what we need to do to look after ourselves right and I do not need anyone or any healthcare system telling me what to do with my own body absolutely yep. um, yeah I know what yeah. feels good man.
0: No, I mean, you're so spot on, right? In terms of knowing what you need for yourself and something that's really bothered me over these last two years, when I say bothered me, it's in the sense of like, how does no one else see what I see? Or like, why aren't there as many people asking questions like you and I are asking, or why are those questions not in say the mainstream and right in the front? Because it's been wild. Like I've had, I had a young friend who is my age 33 34 and he had a heart attack like literally it was probably like five six months ago now and you know when he went into the hospital and you know luckily he survived it but they didn't really have an answer for him in terms of why and you know they told him oh it might be this like very 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 rare like little genetic thing that we found but they said it with no certainty and for me, it was like this realization of like, shit, this is what I've been reading about and seeing in terms of people who, you know, put certain stuff in their body. And I'm not saying that that's exactly what happened, but I think it's troublesome that it's never a uh, conversation or a possibility that anyone ever brings up. A- mm. And then I think there's also this amnesia going on right now in terms of, you know, there's all this rhetoric around what the vaccines were supposed to do. And one that I saw in the news specifically. And did you see this about the the woman in Denmark who works for Pfizer? Yes, right. You saw that, right? So, and it's like you know the person you know asking her questions is tell me yes or no. Did you know that, or did you study and make sure that the vaccine was going to not be able to be transmissible once people mm. have this uh, this vaccine? And she's like, no, we didn't study that. Right. And it's crazy because that was a lot of the rhetoric I was seeing here in the U.S., where all these different Mm. politicians or uh, media correspondents are coming on and saying like, hey, do your part, protect other people, because when you take this vaccine, you know, you're not going to spread it to anybody else. Like that was literally one of the talking points. And then now when I talk about that with friends and I bring it up and, you know, these are friends who, you know, them and I, we can have these types of back and forth conversations mm. and it can be a civil conversation. Right. And they're, even they're like, no, they did say that. And there's just this amnesia. I'm like, do you not, were we not yeah. living in the same world at the same time? But I just do find it like really interesting when you talk about how, you know, there's just such a lack of emphasis on one, people having the autonomy to do what they want with their bodies, whether that's put something in or not put something in their body. And then mm. also... There's just too much faith that like, hey, the, the government and these health officials have my health first and foremost as their mm. top priority where, I mean, in reality, we can yeah. see it's it's more of a, you know, it's, it's more rooted in capitalism and big business than anything. It's not like, oh, we want to well, take care of your health.
1: You want to check out a podcast? Listen to Paul and J.P. Sears podcast. Mm. It's it's mind blow. I mean, yeah. We, I mean, we can talk about this all day. Pfizer's influence on this, th- th- our last two years, the virus has been astronomical. They've just upped the the vaccine cost ten thousand percent. I don't know if you saw. It I on did the news. see that. Yeah, you know. So now it's costing like it was like a dollar or whatever it was per vaccine. Now now they've like upped it to a hundred dollars per vaccine. Yeah. So now it's a money grab. But Paul was saying, saying that this study's done that Pfizer paid the um, the, the Catholic church system in the US a million dollars per church
0: to shut its doors. I saw that. That was crazy.
1: And, I, and I'm like, hold on. A million dollars to shut the like. And again, people, like you said, people don't want to question this. And that's, that's where I get, that's my concern. I'm like i've been called many things i've had certain people that i would have called friends two years ago Mm -hmm. i posted a um article on facebook and it was from the toronto star where the headline of the toronto star was if you're unvaccinated you deserve to die Jeez. and i and i posted this and i'm like i'm like if anyone feels this way against me come come say this to my face And, you, you know, like you, you'll see a side to me that most people have probably never seen. Mm. And someone on Facebook, you know, that I would have called like a, definitely a friend basically said, yeah, if you're not prepared to get it, then you don't deserve anything and you deserve to die. I'm like, you better hope I don't see you in the street because I'm like, if you're telling me that me and my wife and our kids deserve to die because of our choices, it's like an act of war against myself and my own right. personal freedoms and choice right um but it mate you'll know this it's divided the world oh like crazy it's i mean again america's a little bit different in the world when it comes to politics mm-hmm. but it, it is it is divided the world like politics in the u.s right um which i always find entertaining because i love talking to americans about <laughs> politics, especially in the last couple of years because oh, i mean gosh. any conversation about either trump or biden someone's going to get someone's going to get heated at that point and think things go off. But
0: yeah, well, it's funny you talk about that because it was funny. I, I actually labeled myself as apolitical just, you know, three years ago, right? Before any of this mm. COVID stuff was going on. Because for me, just in my own perception, I would look at it and I'd be like, you know what, like this stuff doesn't make sense. But, mm. but then it got like, that thought got fortified even more because I could just see the hypocrisy on both sides, and something that I think is pretty bogus here in the US, it's like, and again, this is just my perception of how I see things. Most people want to be part of a team, right? It's like as tri- mm, as tribal individuals, we're, tribal. We're, we're built for that, right? That's in our DNA. And there's so many people that don't have a team or something that they can stand up for that they truly care about or that's part of their dream. So they'll go and they'll find you know whatever's popular and again politics is a good place for that and i just remember watching all of the vaccine talks start in you know early 2020 and i remember when the vaccine stuff started gaining more ground i remember watching democrats people on the left saying hey we can't trust trump's vaccine you know, we got to do more studies, we got to see the numbers, we got to this, we got to that. And I was like, oh, yeah, I agree with that. (laughs) We definitely Mm. need to wait and see. And then shortly after, when Biden gets into office, now it was the Democrats saying, like, hey, like, let's go get vaccinated. And then people on the right are like, "No, we got to wait. We got to see. We got to do more studies. And I was like, isn't this some shit like Republicans? Mm. Y'all were just talking shit about the democrats and now democrats you're talking shit about the republicans about the same thing and i'm just like how does no one else see this right like just the level of flip-flopping and the hypocrisy and then you fast forward a few years later now i'm sure you heard about this but now you know they've they they've gone after women's right to choose if they want an abortion or not right oh the roe versus Wade. yeah thing. the roe versus mean- Wade. unreal crazy nuts that that they took that away and then at the same time, I look at it and I look at the talking points and, you know, typically it's people on the left saying, now yelling, my body, my choice. Oh, exactly the same as the vaccine. Right. They same. were shouting
1: at people to get vaccinated. Now it's my body, my choice. Right. I'm like, oh, I, mate, I just saw a video on Instagram this morning. I think it was like a DC drain. one or mm-hmm. one of these guys. They should just put a video of this, uh, some girl screaming in this guy's face, my body, my choice. And he's like, "Where were you when the vaccine stuff was going on?" Right. And it's a really, and I am a hundred percent for that. My body, my choice. Right. In every situation. Yeah, like we should all be given the freedom to choose on something that can impact us for the rest of our lives. Right. And listen, when I'm being told that I'm not like I'm not entitled to look at the research and to come to a conclusion by myself. That's that's the biggest concern. I'm not anti science and I'm definitely not anti like the medical system. Right. Um I do think it's corrupt and I think as with like most things, when certain things become a business, which the healthcare system has, right. that people get greedy and people see profit lines and margins and I, Christy's brother's a doctor and we have really good conversations and he's a really good guy to sit down with and have conversations Amazing. and I truly don't believe that any nurse or doctor goes into the healthcare field with aspirations of becoming like a Dr. Evil type person or like a multimillionaire. Right? they want to go in because they have this vested interest on healing and helping people absolutely but it's under a business model that's been corrupt yeah and that's where I think people need to remember. Now you got to remember that the healthcare system is amazing for a lot of things. And I, I forget who said it, but it just—I laugh every time I think of it. And it was like, "Go try and fix a broken leg with meditation and oils." <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, you're going to be sat there for a long time, and it's going to create a lot of problems. There's a time and a place for the medical system. Mm-hmm. And when the body's broken and in need of help, I believe that the healthcare system serves a really good place. For sure, but the best place to start is within prevention, and that's where we step in, and we are the leading experts.
0: Hundred percent
1: in that field of listen. I'm 41, and I'm in phenomenal shape. You know, I, I do jiu-jitsu four or five times a week, and I'm one of the only guys that will continually train through an entire class, meaning where I won't take a break in between roles. And I look at the 20 year olds coming in and they're all out of shape. They're all guzzling. Like, I don't know, there's like a, one of these it's Coca-Cola with coffee now in it. What? Yeah. It's like a Coca-Cola plus coffee and they're all drinking it. And they're drinking these like super energy things. And I'm like, yo, you guys need like that's ass backwards. I'm like, you need energy to, to give energy out, I'm like, you're gonna leave here exhausted. Go sleep. Right, right. And they're all they're all taped up. They're all injured. And I'm like, yo, well, listen, at 41, man, I've never n- touch wood. Never tape myself up. Never really been. In- I've had a couple of minor injuries that I've healed within 24, 36, 48 hours. Mm. But they're just they're abusing their bodies, man, on ways that we don't know, and they're the ones that are gonna fall on the healthcare system because they're just unaware of that nurturing for themselves and giving the body what it needs no
0: 100 percent, 100 percent. i think that's what's so troublesome is that there's not enough rhetoric around the importance of preventative measures right for the self mm. and a lot of the even some of the things that i hear about just say that's more in the like collective consciousness that's very popular you know people just talk about like you know exercise and diet but there's such a little emphasis on well what about stress management what about sleep? Mm. What about rest and recovery? What about having something to be passionate about having leisure time? Like just all of these other aspects that fall into that. And yet it's just like, okay, I need to adopt a vegan diet for whatever reason. They think that can be the answer. And I'll get, I'm just talking about the general population or it's like, okay, I'm just going to wake up earlier, get less sleep and get a workout in before I go stress myself out some more at work. Mm. It's backwards.
1: You know what I've got to say, though? I think the younger generations are a little bit more awake to that. Oh, for sure. we I was right. I mean, again, 40 years old. I was raised off a generation like that stoic father figure and like hardworking parents where you were conditioned, you know, you got to go to university. That's success. Then you got to work a nine to five. And, you know, the hard, hard work means you're a hard worker. And I find myself now like there's a side of me that falls into a guilt. Cycle now because I've set my business up to only really need to work with clients for two to four hours a day, mm. and I'm left with a lot of hours to do whatever I want, build the dream home, yep. and and I have that guilt around that, and I'm like, no, listen, if my if I'm not lazy, my bank account doesn't show that I'm lazy in that sense. I'm successful, I've created something, but I definitely fall into that trap of like working too hard at times and not giving my body what it needs. But I do think the younger generation absolutely a little bit better they, they they are they're the ones that are screaming for a better
0: work-life balance absolutely it's interesting you say that because I have a corporate well-being company that I co-founded along with uh, three other people one of which is another checky and what we found in our research through Gallup I don't know if you ever heard of them but they do essentially all of the surveys questionnaires to big mm. businesses but then also to the individual employees to gather statistics And what they found is that in the two youngest generations that are in the workforce, Millennials and Gen Z, which now make up about 46% of the U.S. workforce, the number one thing that they're looking for in their employer is that their employer cares about their well-being, Mm. right? So to your point, it is showing that more and more of these young people do care about that work-life balance and understand like hey i need to take care of myself and i want to work for a place that is going to allow me the time and autonomy to work on myself because if i do that i'm only going to be more productive for the company
1: Mm. and that that's showing up here as well there's companies here now that are doing four day work weeks
0: amazing now are they increasing the hours where it's like four days ten hours or is it just same amount of hours roughly
1: I think from what I've stood, and again, some businesses, yeah, four days at 10 hours, you know, but I think some companies are coming at it like, do you work, go home. Right. You know, if you've got to be in five days a week and you want to work eight hours a day, or if you can come in and do four hours a day and uh, over however many days, like I think the approach to it is get your work done. Right. Right. And... We'll, I guess you, it'll get reviewed, you know, when it comes to like whether it's your quarterly or your your, your yearly reviews. Like, there's, there's a change coming in that sense, and I think that's where the COVID scenario is really going to accelerate that shift. I just hope it's for the best and not for any other kind of world order type, <laughs> right? Right. Conversations that are out there, but to answer your question about why people don't question it, and and I think the the simple answer to that is people just want to get back to their normal lives. Mm. Like, I don't think people, I don't think on the grand scheme of things, people are that conscious about the grand scheme of things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think it's very kind of like meso lifestyle where they're just like my life, my world, it's out of routine is I'm going to do whatever it takes to get everything back to normal. Mm. And that's what I heard over and over again. I'm just doing it to get back to normal. Right. And I'm like, I kept telling people, I'm like, you do realize they just keep raising the bar. Exactly. exactly. There is no back to normal. But the reason why I think people don't question things like that is it's fucking stressful.
0: Mm, Like
1: what we've been through has been immensely stressful. I think if if someone was to say to me that it's not been stressful, I'm like, I got to call you on that either. (laughs) you're, You're not aware. I mean, even for someone like me and you that is probably like, I mean, call me awake or whatever or like that or skeptical of one thing, call me a conspiracy theorist. I'm like, no matter what you want to call me, I've got my ear to the ground and I'm looking at everything and I'm like, no matter what side of the fence I fall on, it's pretty terrifying and stressful because if I go one way and go the way that I'm being told to live and I'm like, that's not really the way that I want to live and it goes against every cell in my body but then if I listen to the other side then I'm like, we're going in the bad place right and and that is stressful and i I get that i've had conversations with christy the thought of not teaching for the institute had me questioning do i just go get this damn vaccine Mm, so i can travel and get some freedom back and christy's like whatever you choose babes the right thing but having those conversations with myself made made me feel sick to my stomach
0: it's crazy that that had to be either or conversation that many of us were having Mm
1: crazy, eh? Crazy.
0: It's tough and and I get it, I think the majority of us we we all went through hard times, right? During all of that mm. and just, you know, what hard is, it's 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 subjective to the individual. But I definitely resonate mm. with you in the sense of it really had me thinking like one, I didn't realize that freedom was one of my major values before COVID because it was something that had never been challenged before. I took my freedom for granted because, you know, living in America or living in the West, it's like I could go pretty much do whatever I want whatever without I want. really having to think twice about it. And then COVID comes and now it's like, well, hey, you have to have this thing in order to travel, in order to see loved ones. And, you know, thankfully I work for myself, so I didn't need it from that sense. But I've had many people that I talked to that are outraged that they had to take the vaccine in order to continue to make a living for themselves and to be able to work. Mm. And it's just tough, like you said, it's like, you know, the the bar has been changed. It's been moved, right? Very similar to how the bar was moved after 9-11 and TSA comes in, Patriot mm. Act and, you know, just things just change and we get used to it. But I think at a certain point, you know, it's so important that we're able to take a step back and see like these things are changing and are they actually changing for our betterment or is it something else that's going on?
1: Yeah, and that's—I mean—that's a huge conversation, you know. Because I mean, getting into that side of things, I—I don't—I don't choose the government. I don't choose who makes decisions for me, and right. that bothers me. Right. And you know, you're in again. You're in my world. You've seen the pictures that go around of the health ministers around the world. Crazy. And I'm like, the, 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 the woman, the LA woman. She looks like uh, she looks dead. Mm-hmm. You know, her, her, the bags under her eyes, like hairs falling out, and then you've got the German health minister that looks like she's probably about close to three or four hundred pounds.
0: Oh yeah, four hundred for sure.
1: <laughs> you've got the English new the new English health minister that's just been signed in that even made a comment that yeah, she doesn't look, she's not in the best shape of her life, and I'm like, no shit, that's taking you twenty years to get to look like right. that. Like they, I'm sorry, you don't wake up and be morbidly obese right. and you've got these unhealthy sick people that are in charge of decisions that have made on my health care. I'm like, no, you know, this is why I love like the FDN approach to like blood tests and things like that. And they're like, listen, you look on the back of a, any medication and supplement, it's got an RDA recommended daily allowance. And all that's calculated off of the science off of people that are sick and unhealthy and doing the studies and partaking in that. And I'm like, well, let's just take a snapshot of the general population. When two thirds of our population is morbidly obese or on the obesity scale, let's say not morbidly obese, but they're on the obesity scale. I'm like two thirds of that result is against unhealthy people. Then how many of the population in that test are sick already? in a state of disease, in a state, high stress state of fight or flight, eating poor food, drinking alcohol, smoking. I'm like, I don't fall into that RDA. Right. I'm, I'm a, like a 40 year old eats only organic food, hasn't drank alcohol in years, doesn't smoke, doesn't do anything, works out daily, gets the sleep that I need. I'm like, how are you to tell me that? But then you get like the FDA levels that, Take their recordings off of healthy people and like a really full snapshot, mm. and the, the the variances are completely different. But I just want people to wake up and just start asking these questions. Absolutely, and don't take. And you know what? I don't know if you remember the first slide in check IMS one. There's the, the the first slide. Paul, like quote of Paul or someone, do not believe I or anyone else tells you to be truth. Go out there and try it for yourself and come up to your own conclusion. Amen. And that's what it is. I'm like, listen, I hear you. Great. But let me look at the other side. And you know, I'm like, listen, you've got you've got the Justin Trudeau type people. You you're misogynistic, you're racist if you don't get vaccinated. That's the extreme one side. And then you've got the extreme the other side that falls into the black hole of the royal family of this and (laughs) bill gates and the world economic forum and i'm like i want to know all of it and i fall in the middle
0: like i think most of us do at the end of the day (laughs) yeah a hundred
1: percent and i'm like i'm not an extreme this and i'm not an extreme that, but i want to see both sides and come up to my own opinion and if i've got questions why on earth would i be like attacked for having questions about well is this really safe right what's it going to do to me Where, where's the long-term research on it right. doesn't
0: exist you know
1: yeah why am i seeing a lot of things around myocarditis mm-hmm. and a lot of a lot of concern in stats on especially males right. and males in the 18 to 39 category i'm like yeah i might be 40 but I'm, I'm i still kind of fall close to that category
0: absolutely but anyway, crazy world, man. Yeah, no, it definitely is. And, and it's interesting. I mean, I love the point that you just made where, you know, people who find themselves, whether it's obese or any t- other type of chronic lifestyle disease, it didn't just happen overnight. It takes time for that to happen. And I, when I hear you talk about the need to wake up, to me, that resonates in the sense that people have to realize that, like, look, more than not, you get yourself into this type of situation, and it usually happens over a long period of time. So it's upon you to get yourself out of it. But understand, it's not going to happen overnight. Like the actions start today, and you're going to need to continue to build upon those actions over a pretty, not. it doesn't have to be super long. I mean, we've both seen, you could have a crazy amount of Improvement in the span of as little as four weeks, but to actually make these things Mm. a lifestyle and to continue build upon it and to have a level of You know strength vitality and energy and just love for oneself It needs to be a consistent thing And That's why I think the four doctors and the six foundational principles are so important because That's something that each and every person can control themselves if they so choose to step up to the plate and not wait on you know Daddy government, or you know, daddy health Mm -hmm. official, mama health official to come and do it for them, or to think that there's going to be a a magic silver bullet that's going to come out and just save all of their problems. Like, it takes work, it takes time. And going back to the beginning, like, it takes a dream and something so important to pull you that way, or you're going to need a nightmare, which unfortunately is what I find oftentimes than the people who are ready to make a change. It's because they had oh, the a heart attack, the stroke, a, a loved one died, there's a cancer diagnosis. Like, I, I've seen it too often.
1: You know, I mean, Paul talks about this. The, the biggest and the best teacher you more often get is your pain teacher. Exactly. Mate, literally, as we were jumping on this, as you sent me the email to open up Chrome and things like that, I'm, I'm doing that. One of my clients is messaging me. And he, he's just like, Carl, I just want to reach out and say thank you for being patient with me. Mm-hmm. I've worked with him for 18 months. Amazing. And 280, probably his starting weight, mm-hmm. closer to 290. Big guy, stressed, highly stressed, owns a big security company, like very successful in the business world, and was always really good at one thing at a time. Mm. Like he is, and we talk about the four doctors. So for those that don't know, the four doctors is either nutrition, doctor diet, and there's doctor quiet, which is sleep and rest, doctor movement, and doctor happiness. And he was always really good on one of them. Like, he'd have his nutrition dialed in, but he wasn't working out and he wasn't sleeping. Mm. Then, like, he'd slip from that and he'd kind of fall back into like coffees at crazy o'clock at night because he's got to do a night shift or Mm. something, or eating bad food, like fast food on the go. And, you know, and then that would slip and his workouts would get really good, but his nutrition was bad. And talk about knock, knock on the door pain doctor. He got back on the ice after a couple of years and he, I had his knee Mm. and you know, I jump on a, I jump on a zoom call with him twice a month, like biweekly. And and I'm like, no, you got to really go get that looked at because I'm like, I can't get my hands on you, but I want to, I want to rule out that there's no torn ligament system. Right. And he goes and the doctor's like, no, but you you know, your weight's not helping you. You know, he's, he's not as tall as me. He's not six, four. He's probably under six foot and two eighty. big guy. You think of like an old security guard type thing. Like he's a big boy powerhouse, but like black belts in martial arts, judo, like really comes from an athlete background, but he's just not really cared for himself. And anyway, coaching him for 18 months, the last month he's literally, since his knee, and that that pain doctor knocking loud enough that he was like, it was stopping him from working, stopping him from doing anything that he loved. Mm-hmm. He, he put everything together. And he just sent me a message and he's like, thank you for being so patient with me. And literally in the last four weeks, his nutrition is bang on, mm. like probably eating better than what I am. His sleep is dialed in. He knows that he's got to get his sleep in, like, and he's working out and I've got him doing this exercise routine and in two weeks ago, our goal was to get under 270. So from like 280 something, I think 283 to get him to 270. Last Monday when I spoke to him, we were like this week, this current week where we're speaking now, which is the week of what? The 24th of October. Mm-hmm. I'm like, two, getting getting him under 270. Like I said, I, the next number I want to see for him is 260. He just sent me a message that says, like I'm 266. So amazing. amazing. And he's like, I've not, he said, I've not seen that weight in probably 30 wow. years. He's like, I've never seen a six after a two. And I'm like, Scott, that's awesome. By December the 1st, we're going to see a two and a five. Okay. And he's so dialed in right now, and everyone's commenting on how good he looks. But like we just said, you know, if you're not going to dream, then the pain teacher is going to come knock in and going to help you clarify what right. it is. And it did, man. But it's it's there. The tools are there. The check system's there. What we do to help people's there, and you just we just got to help people and get it out there. No, man.
0: that's all it is, a hundred percent. And it's funny too. Something I've been meditating a lot, really, over this last year is not that knowledge is power, but that applied knowledge is power. And I say that because majority of people, they know that they probably should eat better, that they should be moving, that they should be getting some type of rest in, sleeping regularly, right? Making time for themselves, doing things they love. They know it, but because of their current habits and behaviors and stories that they tell themselves, circumstances, whatnot, they don't do those things and they don't make it a priority. And again, it's not until that pain teacher comes knocking loud enough where they're like, shit, I have to open the door and see what's up, Mm. right? And when I think about my work now, and especially like, you know, I'm 34, you're 41, I think right around our age range like that, I'll call it from late 20s to early 40s, it's so important that men and women in this age really make a conscious decision of, hey, am I gonna make my preventative health a priority or am I not? Because if you don't, you're gonna end up just like the older generation that you see, whether that's your, your mom, mm. your dad, an uncle, aunt, friends, bosses, whoever. You see the lifestyle that they live and where it's currently gotten them. If you don't do something radically different, well, you're looking at your future. So, so you need to let it happen right now because, yeah, we can get away with a lot of stuff when we're in our 20s, our 30s, but then, you know, 40s, 50s, all that come around the corner, like, all that stuff seems like it just catches up to you, but it's been building for decades.
1: I mean, yeah, I speak about this in class all the time. I'm like, listen, guys and girls, <laughs> you've got till at some point in your 30s and you know, I was oddly enough. You just brought this up. I was just at the field. I take my dogs to where we used to live because there's a big playing field where all the dogs get to hang out, and I take them there every Wednesday. Um, and I'm talking to two guys. One of them's 29. One of them's 31. And I'm like, "You guys have got a couple of years left before you got to dial things in." And they're laughing at me, like, "What do you mm-hmm. mean?" I'm like, "At some point in your thirties, not that you can't do it." I'm like, but your body's going to turn around and say,
0: fuck this. Yeah, exactly. Literally.
1: That's what it is. And for me, I think I was about 33 where it was like, you ain't eating dairy no more.
0: Because
1: mm. if you do, you're going to be bloated and you're going to be inflamed. And then now it's like dairy and gluten and alcohol and sugar and those things just react really bad with me. And I just can't do it. Choose not to do it because the feeling is just so bad after it. Right. It's not. It's not worth it at that point, and it gets harder as you get older. And like you said, if you don't make the choices and the changes now, just go look at your parents. Yep. Because that's exactly what you are going to end up being like. And yeah, I love my mom and my dad, but I don't want to be my dad.
0: Right. I definitely feel that. You know, and I
1: strive to be everything. Everything positive that I came from my parents, but everything greater that they weren't able to give themselves.
0: 100%. And again, too, I think, you know, we have maybe different information, better information that our parents had. But again, it doesn't matter what mm. information we have if we're not consciously using it for the better. Mm. And again, it's very, it's very easy to be comfortable. Like, you know, we know better than most people, like the body seeks comfort. A lot of times, it's gonna seek whatever's the easiest thing that it can do so that it can use its resources to work on things that it perceives as threats and whatnot. But it's like, man, life literally changes when you change your lifestyle. And that's like my story, right? Like I talk about to anyone that will listen in my book, podcast, all of that. Like my life radically shifted when I changed the way I ate at the age of 23. And before that, Ooh. I was like, you know, super violent, super irritable. I was that dude, if you we're in the club and you're staring at me, I'm saying, you know, what the fuck are you looking at? You know what I'm saying? Like, don't step on my shoes, like don't say anything <laughs> foolish, because then we'll fight. Like, that's just where I was at that time of my life. But I can look back and I can see why I had that level of anger, because I didn't know how to work with my emotions. Plus, I physically didn't feel good, right? And I didn't have a clear dream or anything like that. But literally, Carl, the second that I changed the way I ate, it was like a veil was lifted over my head and I was just seeing life in a whole different way. I had energy, I didn't feel like I needed a nap every day at two o'clock and basically that had me look deeper and be like, damn, like what else is out there? What else could I be doing? And that's where I started getting into like all the podcasts and finding Paul's work and then understanding what a holistic lifestyle can truly be and started really dialing in on these six different foundation principles and now we're in a beautiful position where, you know, I want to help as many people as possible do the same thing and really focus on this age range where we're at right now because I used to say we are the future, but we're the present now. I mean we're the we're the ones being a lot of decision makers and different things and we're leading up a lot of great things. So, you know, Carl, I really appreciate so much of the work that you do. You know, I'm so grateful to have you as a, a mentor in life, as a friend in life, and someone out there that is paving the way for people like me to step up in my greatness and to truly share my gifts with the world and, you know, empower other people to do the same.
1: Oh, man, I'm grateful that I get to meet people like you. It's you're that, I mean, you're 10 years younger, but it's just that next generation, we got to keep on being the inspiration for all those people up and, up and coming. But you're right. It's our generation that's going to pave the way for the younger people right now. And we got to do as much as we can for that. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Carl, can you please let all the people listening know where they can find you, where they can find your work, how they can work with you if they want to do that?
1: So I am easily findable with two words, Raven Wellness. And I am on more instagram definitely a lot more active on instagram than any other platform um but i'm on instagram as raven wellness so you can find me there i have a website which is ravenwellness.com and yeah connect with me that way you know it's i'm part of a great community people like yourself like i really try and connect check people together and have my mentorship groups and the mentoring that i do through through the school and then there's my my private coaching and all that side of things but yeah reach out find me connect say hi
0: absolutely everyone listening please take carl up on that he is a a wealth of knowledge and just such a a big heart and he's a living example of what's possible he's living out his dream he's building his dream home and i know you got a rainy day right now so you got to rest up a little bit but i know you're going to be right back at it
1: i know i'm looking outside man it's i might be out there right now but (laughs) The, the the dream house is in the making right now we are we are about to put in floors and walls and things like that with the extension so go check it out on instagram because i've i've not everyone's asking me what's going on so i've got to actually jump on instagram and put a video out there of where we're at today let so let the
0: people know and i'm already manifesting a retreat at your dream house and getting my ticket and being oh, it's, there it's, so i'll be ready
1: it's happening my friend that's once i get the house <laughs> built and the and, and the barn with the gym and the, the wellness studio in it and then there's going to be retreats and you'll be one of the first to know about it my friend having you up and yeah amazing con- connecting in person and once
0: can't, again. can't wait to do it and hopefully i'll see you then hopefully at ims3 I'm, I'm crossing my fingers that you'll be the one teaching my ims3 and you know i'll be sending little emails along the way to see what i can do to maneuver and make that happen
1: I oh, would love to be, brother. We will see. I've not got my schedule yet for next year, but let's see where we go with Amen.
0: that. Amen. Amen, Carl. I appreciate you. I love you, brother, and continue to thrive and have a great life.
1: Ah, oh, thank you, brother. I love you too, my man. And you keep doing what you're doing. You're you're an inspiration to me. Every time I see your videos and your Instagrams, you just make me smile. So. If you have that impact on me, I hope you're having that impact on ten thousand other people because it, you know, it's a light in the back. I
0: appreciate that. Appreciate that. Thank you so much, my brother. Thank you so much, my brother. Brother, take you care, too. my friend.
1: You too. Bye bye.